A wild week it has been for sure for West Virginia men's basketball and an 0-5 start, the letting go of a longtime coach, the replacement of that coach, all coincides with another two games against two top 15 opponents. We get into all that on the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. What's up, everybody? Man, do we have a lot to get into today. Obviously, the biggest news of the last week was the letting go, the parting ways with longtime associate head coach Larry Harrison, and then his replacement was found yesterday on Monday. Uh, West Virginia also two losses, two more losses. They are now 0-5 in Big 12 play, and two games they had the opportunity to win, and now they find themselves hosting two top 14 teams in TCU and Texas this week. So we're going to get into all that on this episode. But first and most importantly, obviously comes with the Larry Harrison news. It was kind of out of the blue last Thursday, uh, January 12th. It was a simple press release from the university saying, uh, longtime coach Larry Harrison has parted ways with the team. Uh, Huggins's quote in the release was, I want to thank Larry for his years of service to Mountaineer basketball, and I wish him well in his future endeavors. Wow. So first things first, let's get into, let's get into, let's start from the beginning and not jump too far into this. Larry had been with Huggins for 24 years. Um, He'd been with him for eight seasons at Cincinnati and then all 16 seasons here in Morgantown at WVU. So Firing a coach, getting rid of a coach halfway through a season when you're struggling in Big 12 play, they were 0-4 at this point. This was prior to the Oklahoma loss on Saturday. It's it's just bizarre that he was kind of the one that I guess the po- fingers were pointed to and because he was the one that was let go. Um, if you know his role, he in recent years has been in charge of rotations, but Seemingly, Huggins has kind of taken that over more and had more power over who goes into the game. Obviously, Huggins has the ultimate say, but Harrison had kind of been, for the most part, running it. But this year, it seemed like while Harrison was there, Huggins still had more input into who was going on and off the court and when for West Virginia. So that night, um, the Thursday night, Huggins had his weekly radio show, and he said, I had less to do with it than you think, which makes you automatically assume new AD Ren Baker is going to have something to do with this. But then you think about it, and Ren Baker's been here for three weeks, a month, not even. He's He started like on December 19th, and here we are January 12th, and he's really going to let a a dude who spent a quarter of a century with Bob Huggins go, and he's going to and and Huggins is going to honestly not have anything to do with it. That just, that somewhat baffles me that Huggins had no say and no final yes or no on this. Um, and then obviously if we're going to keep going into it that Friday, the next day, Huggins had a press conference and he opened it unlike any other press conference with the statement. He said, the decision to make a change within our basketball staff was a difficult one. Larry and I have worked together for 24 years and shared many great moments. Decision was made in best interest of Mountaineer basketball. I'm not gonna take any questions on the matter and we'll now move on to your questions about the upcoming Oklahoma game. So Huggins was very mute, very 
tight-lipped on the matter, and that just adds all the more mystery because when you're close with someone like that, when you work with someone like that, it seems bizarre that that's going to be how it ends. Um, yeah, there's probably more to it than we will ever know because then today, Larry kind of fired back. He released his own statement this morning, Tuesday morning. He said, and I read, thank you to the numerous players, boosters, media, alumni, coaches, friends, and fans that have reached out to me over these past days. I wish I had an explanation to share with you in regards to my unforeseen dismissal, but I do not. However, I can assure you that I am not the subject of any NCAA criminal or other investigations or violations. I read the university's statement that the decision was made in the best interest of Mountaineer basketball. I can only assume that some important people believe that to be true. To Mountaineer Nation, thank you for your loyalty, support, and friendship over the past 15 and a half years. We had some great times. Remember our first year, 2007, when we advanced to the Sweet 16 with wins over Arizona and Duke, taking over the city of Indianapolis at the Final Four, or my personal favorite, winning the Big East Tournament. I will always cherish the years of Press Virginia. Thank you for the cheers and being the loudest house in the conference. To the players, both past and present, remember, I'm a phone call away, and like always, Coach Harry got your back. You have my continued love, loyalty, and support. Sincerely, Coach Larry Harrison, once a Mountaineer, always a Mountaineer. Whew. Like, let's let's unpack this from from the from the beginning. So obviously there was a ton of outpouring of support on social media from players, fans, thanking Coach Harrison for all he's done. There were a lot of players that were shocked. Uh Gabo Savoyan uh said SMH on his Twitter, shaking my head. Um they were they they just didn't seem like this was the right move. Um and Coach Harrison saying he does not have an explanation means that someone just let him go. And whether that be Huggins, whether that be Ren Baker, whether that, whether that come from above both of them with president key, we, we just won't know. And that's the biggest part to this is when there's no clear reason for letting someone go who was with you for 24 years, it seems like they're either trying to hide something or somebody messed up. And do I think either of those things are true? I don't know. Is it possible one of those things are true? Yeah. But is it also possible that we will never find out the true reason? That's probably more than likely. I would, if I was a betting man, I would put a lot of money on that. So moving down, um, he assures that he didn't do anything wrong. I can assure you that I am not the subject of NCAA criminal or other investigations or violations. And I'm not saying we should expect that. There was never any word that said he was at the center of that or that West Virginia was at the center of that. The only thing that's really involved West Virginia in the past in the with the NCAA in the past year with basketball is the Jose Perez situation. Um, and he didn't get cleared. That happened at the Baylor game, which was that Wednesday, so the day before. Uh, but to think that Harrison's departure had to do with Perez not getting cleared when the NCAA also like there there's so many layers to that 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 just seems it seems kind of like Harrison would have had to do something ginormous to one prevent for to be one of the reasons the NCAA does not clear Perez and then on top of that lose his job the next day. Uh moving on down in his statement, 
Uh, I read the university statement that the decision was made in the best interest of Mountaineer basketball. I can only assume that some important people believe that to be believe that to be true. We don't know. Like we don't know who he's who who did it, who who pulled the trigger. But here we are, uh, almost a week later, still with the same question. So, to me, that's that's the biggest biggest issue is that we just don't know the true reason and. Um, Harrison's replacement has now been found. That comes in the form of Dermar Johnson. I think I'm saying that correctly. And he was hired yesterday. So he played under Huggins at Cincinnati for a year in 99 and 2000. He was in the sixth overall pick in the NBA draft, I believe, had a 16-year pro career, and then has been on Cincinnati's coaching staff uh, since 2017. He's been the director of player development since May of 2021. He's from the D.C. area and he'll obviously be there to recruit. That's that's why he's here. He's here to recruit to help people get better. But the DC area probably is has is the biggest hotbed for high school talent in the country for high school basketball, the DMV area. And sure enough, you now have a DC guy on your staff, and I can only assume that's to help also with recruiting. And he's a Huggins guy, and Huggins knows him, so that's a big plus as well for this staff. Uh, here's a statement from Huggins. Obviously, Damar is a guy I know very well. He has a great amount of experience from being the National Player of the Year in high school to the Conference USA Freshman of the Year to the NBA and to a 16-year professional basketball career. He's extremely well-liked by former players, coaches, and fans alike. He has a tremendous presence in the Washington, D.C. area, being one of the most recognized athletes to come out of there in a long time. I'm thrilled that he's joining our program and look forward to him getting on the court. Johnson's statement read, I'm excited for this opportunity to work with, work with my coach, and I'm looking forward to getting to know and working with the players and staff. I can't wait to get started to help with this basketball program. And he he should be good to go in the next couple days. Um, he just had to clear university hiring protocols, basically, and then he will be added to the staff. So going and making a change that quickly is also kind of crazy because – in the matter of four days, like you find a replacement and you hire the replacement and the replacement's in Morgantown. And like, that's, that's just a very quick turnaround. And then moving on from a coach who'd been with you for 24 years, like there just seems like there's something more to it. I just doubt we ever find that out, but moving on to the, on the court stuff, West Virginia lost two more games. Uh, they lost 83, 78 to Baylor, 77 to 76 to Oklahoma. They led Baylor in the second half. Oklahoma, they tied it late. We'll get into that game. That's a whole other story in a second. But start with Baylor here. Uh, big storyline was Jalen Bridges, former Mountaineer, Fairmont, West Virginia native. He returned uh, with the Bears, and it was a really good return. You have, if you're if you're a Bridges in the Bridges camp, he played well. He had a double double. Uh, he had, I think it was 10 points, 11 rebounds, if I'm not mistaken. And then Baylor won the game. And he made plays, made plays late. Um, I think he had a couple free throws late or a layup. Not entirely sure. But he had he had some kind words to say 
Um, so did his head coach, Scott Drew. Scott Drew uh, said, I know Jalen Bridges has a lot of people that he loves and cares for here. I know he played a great game today. I know he's real appreciative of his time here and their development. He's learned a lot and grown a lot here. I get to benefit because he's been coached by a Hall of Famer. He's a lot better player than when he first got here because of Coach Huggins. Kind words from Scott Drew, who, as we know, is friends with Huggins. And then from Bridges himself, playing here for three years. I kind of knew how it was for an opposing team to come in here. It's one of the best atmospheres you can play in in the sport, in college basketball. Uh, I wouldn't say I ever go out and try and prove anything. I know what I'm fully capable of, and I know my game better than anyone else. I just go out there and compete, try to make winning plays, and give my team a chance to win. So it was it was a Bridges hate day, if you want to call it that, for a lot of West Virginia faithful fans. Uh but Bridges and the Bears handled it. They were also 0-3 at the time. West Virginia was 0-3 at the time. Bears got a win. Mountaineers did not. Bears also are back in the top 25 after picking up two wins last week. And then the Oklahoma game. Ooh, where do we begin with this one? Um, Let's just say if West Virginia can't learn how to make free throws, they might go 0-18 in conference play. They had the two technical foul free throws in the first half they missed. And then they had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity in the second half to take the lead from the line. And yet they failed to do so. Um, Eric Stevenson struggled in both games last week, three for nine against Baylor, three for eight against Oklahoma. Um, Trey Mitchell, he's been on fire, man. He uh, 14, 15. 14 points, 15 rebounds against Baylor, then another 16 points against Oklahoma. But the biggest thing for me is West Virginia played small. And that's what I want to kind of get into here is that the way West Virginia has run their offense, they run it through the they they run it through the post, but they run it through their five at the post, meaning a lot of times you have Moagie or Jimmy Bell who has the ball at the, in the vicinity of the free throw line and then has to initiate offense. I, I just, I don't get it sometimes. The ball gets stuck. Obviously, Jimmy and Mo aren't threats to shoot it. Jimmy shot a jump shot against Oklahoma, which he missed. Um, Jimmy can't really even make free throws. I don't know why he's putting up jumpers. But my point being here is that uh, if you're going to have your offense go through your five at the free throw line, Playing small and having Trey Mitchell at the five, just it just suits everything better because it opens up more space. Trey can make that shot. Uh, Trey can make that shot at a higher clip than most can that are at the five position because Trey obviously can step out and make threes as well. So it kind of just spreads everything out. And that's how West Virginia got back into the game. They were playing small. And if you take it all the way back to West Virginia's win against Pitt, game number two of the year, they had to play small for the majority of the game, and it served them well. So I'm not saying that they have to go Trey at the five, but it wouldn't be a bad thing, in my opinion, to start seeing more of Trey at the five, kind of get guys moving, because Eric Stevenson has struggled since entering Big 12 play. Besides his 17 points against Oklahoma State, where he then obviously had the whole crotch-grabbing incident, Gets ejected, but not well. Gets ejected when he fouls out, so leaves the game. Not ejected, ejected, but you guys know what I mean. And then he really hasn't been the same player since he went. I think four of nineteen from the field against Kansas, and then he struggled in the past two games against Baylor and Oklahoma. And he's been the lifeline of this West Virginia offense 
And there's a reason they're 0-5, and there's a reason that Stevenson struggled, and you can kind of point and they line up with each other. So it's not where West Virginia wants to be. Obviously, you don't want to be 0-5 in Big 12 play by any by any stretch. But two big opportunities, and that is number 14 TCU in your place tomorrow on Wednesday, and then number seven Texas in your place Saturday night. And if you somehow win both those games for two and five and just picked up two top 15 wins and you're right back in the tournament conversation, right back in the fighting up the ladder of the Big 12 conversation, and then you have, if you can do that, then you go on the road to Texas Tech. If you can steal that one, then you're three and five heading into the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which you, you've got to take it. And the 0-5 start isn't, isn't good. It's not good. There's been some flaws shown. The free throws are the biggest problem. Um, and for some reason, it's a little surprising. Huggins is still optimistic about this team. He still thinks that they're getting closer. He said, we're not the worst team in the league by any stretch after the Oklahoma game. Um, and Trey Mitchell also took some accountability for the free throws. Uh, the Mountaineers have gone 87 for 143, a 61% mark from the free throw line since the beginning of big 12 play, which is just like, Oof, I like that. That's that's bad. Trey said, I plan on getting in the gym and doing something about it, but everybody has to do it. You can't force people to get in the gym and shoot free throws. It has to be their choice. So Mitchell's obviously trying to take on a leadership role. And Huggins keeps pointing to the, you have guys that are true freshmen, guys that have been here for a year, guys that are transferring in, Juco guys. So he's trying to point to this team still has not been able to mesh, but it's almost February. So if you're still trying to mesh come February, that's not good. And he's, he believes this team will get a turnaround. He believes that this team is good. But at some point, you've got to actually go out there and do it. And we are still waiting on this team to do that because, frankly, they have not been able to. And moving forward, not, nothing nothing's easy from here on out. So uh, two big games, new coaches, uh, players still figuring each other out. And that is the state of West Virginia basketball right now. And it has been a crazy week, obviously, for the Mountaineers. And it does not get any easier on the court. So if you made it this far, I do appreciate you listening. I am Wesley Shoemaker. Give us a follow on Twitter at Wesley Shoe or at Blue underscore, underscore Gold Sports. Uh, if you made it this far, we do appreciate you listening. I'm Wesley Shoemaker, and this is the Blue Gold Sports Podcast.